Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No politics, no drama, no arguing. Just two guys talking sports. I'm your host, JJ Peters. In today's episode, we'll discuss Thursday Night Football highlights, the NBA is close starting the season before Christmas, Matt Stafford and Chris Jones placed on the COVID-19 reserve lift, and much more. Poll question for today, as we always do on every episode, and you can vote on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and the question is, Yes or no, should NASCAR change their playoff format? And currently, yes is leading. The first topic we're going to dive in today is Matt Stafford and Chris Jones have been placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. Stafford is still eligible to play this Sunday if he remains negative in his isolation all week. If not, Chase Daniels will get the start for the Lions. Daniels has started five games in his career and is two and three as a starter with seven touchdowns and five interceptions. In fact, one of his wins came against Detroit on Thanksgiving a few years ago. He has thrown for a total of 1,430 yards with a 68.3 completion rating. This is Daniels' 11th season in the NFL and has spent time with the Saints, Chiefs, and Bears. This is Stafford's second time this season he has spent time on the COVID-19 reserve list despite not having the virus. He will also not be able to fly with the team on Sunday if he is eligible to play. Also in COVID-19 reserve list news, Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones has also been placed on that list. According to multiple sources that included ESPN's Adam Schefter, he was around someone who had tested positive for the virus. It's very likely that Chris Jones will not be able to play versus the Panthers this Sunday. However, there is good news for Chiefs fans, though. None of the other D linemen have been around someone that tested positive for the virus, so they will not. So they will be able to participate versus Carolina. As we all know, Chris Jones this summer signed a four-year extension that was worth $80 million. Chris, Chris Jones is one of the top D linemen in the league, and is the best defensive player for Kansas City. My thoughts are, first, we want to go with uh, the Matt Stafford situation. It's a, it stinks for the Lions and Matt Stafford, of course, and his family. Um, second time he's been placed on the COVID-19 reserve lift, despite never even having uh, the coronavirus. So that stinks. Um, it's going to be huge for uh, Detroit if Stafford can't play this Sunday, which I think he will. Unless something else happens, it's kind of hard for him to test positive with him being in isolation. Um, he might be kind of off on his, you know, targets and all that good stuff. But um, with him having a good relationship with both Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and uh, TJ Hawkinson and all the other receivers the Lions have, I don't think it's going to be a problem because Stafford has been in the league a long time. He's a very good quarterback, very underrated. If he played for a better team, he'd probably be considered one of the better quarterbacks. So I think it's big, but I do think he'll get a start this night. If not, Chase Daniels gets to play against Minnesota. Chase Daniels isn't a bad quarterback. He's a nice backup. He's a decent starter for a few games. He wasn't bad in Chicago a few years ago when Mitch Trubisky was out. But uh, um, I think Chase Daniels does the job against Minnesota, but I think the Lions and the fans especially would rather have their quarterback, Matt Stafford, the greatest quarterback in Lions franchise history, get the start. And I think he will be able to play this Sunday. Uh, uh, we go to Chris Jones. Uh, this is... This is a factor, but I don't think it's going to be as big as the Stafford thing. Now, Chris Jones isn't going to be able to play, most likely. So the Chiefs have to find a good replacement for him. I think they will. Um, the Chiefs have had a, one of the better defenses this year after just a few years ago having one of the worst. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo has done a great job as the defensive coordinator. I do think the Chiefs will miss Jones, but I think they can still manage without him. And, of course, my next question, I kind of already answered this already. But does Stafford play the Sunday versus the Vikings? My answer is yes. I don't see how he doesn't. Like I said, he's going to be in isolation all week. It's going to be hard for him to test positive. Um, I guess he could have 
coronavirus too somehow even before that but again this is the second time he's been placed on the list and not even you know having the virus so I think Stafford will play the versus the Vikings and I think he'll throw a few touchdown passes and get the Lions their fourth win this Sunday uh can the Lions still win if they don't have Stafford well they have Chase Daniels then and um excuse me I think they can do the job um Chase Daniels again is not a bad bad quarterback he's a decent uh starter for a few games He's a better backup. He's been a backup for basically his whole career. Um, but I think there is a chance. Um, there is a chance that Chase Daniels doesn't do well and the Vikings win. But with how bad the Vikings are, if they if Dalvin Cook can't perform, then the Dolphins are, are not the Dolphins. The Vikings are in trouble. So I think the Lions can still win even with Chase Daniels, but it's going to be a little harder. All right, let's get to some golf talk. Uh, round one, action at the Houston Open. At the end of round one, Cameron Davis, Michael Thompson, Scotty Scheffler, Carlos Ortiz, and Harold Varner are tied for the lead at three under par. But the big news is that for the first time since March, a tournament on the tour is having fans. Now, there are a limited number of fans, but it's still huge that the PJ is allowing fans. This week, the tour is at Memorial Park Golf Course in Houston, Texas. There are some big new names that include Phil Mickelson, the five-time major champion, Dustin Johnson for the first time since he tested positive for coronavirus. So congratulations to Dustin Johnson, his family, and his team. Um, he, of course, he is the former, now the reigning FedEx Cup champion, Francesco Molinari, the 2018 Open champ, Jordan Spieth, a three-time major champion, Zach Johnson, two-time major champion, Jason Duffner and Brooks Kepka both are PGA champions, and Tony Finau. The tournament is still going on during the recording of this video, but it seems like the guys at the top will remain. We'll see what happens at the end of the week. My thoughts are, well, um, I'm very happy that there's fans. Uh, that's that's great news, especially for golf. Um, of course, there won't be fans at the Masters, which kind of stinks, but at least we get something. You know, some people can finally enjoy golf. We have they have for the first time since March. Again, last time we had fans was, I believe, a week before the Players Championship that was eventually canceled. But uh, that's great news. Um, finally, the PGA Tour is allowing people to have fans. I just wish they would have allowed them at Augusta National. Uh, my thoughts, um, Cameron Davis and Michael Thompson are two guys I kind of forget about, to be honest with you. I didn't think they would play well. My prediction, I think, was Jordan Spieth. But Spieth seemed like he started off really good, and all of a sudden he's at three over par at, at one time. So that's not great. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is kind of a guy that comes under the radar. He was the right here. He's the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. Played well, I believe it was at the BMW Championship. But uh, Cameron Davis and Michael Thompson are two guys that I'm really shocked at. But I still believe in my boy Jordan Spieth to get it done this week. All right, can Cameron Davis keep it up? I think he can. I think he can definitely flirt around being in the top five. I don't know if he can win again. It's very hard for one golfer to have the lead all four days. It, it's been a while since that happened. I think you'd have to go back to the Tiger Woods dominance in the in the mid or in the early and mid two thousands, but uh, I don't. I think he can keep being in the top five, top ten. Being in the being number one is going to be hard. I don't think he can, but I think he can definitely keep it up. I don't think I don't know if he wins, but there's a chance. But I don't. I don't think he's going to have the lead all tournament. Uh, who is the edge at the Open? Well, in my opinion, I don't think anybody has the edge right now. I think it's such a tough golf course and everybody's kind of packed together I think we'll definitely see this come right down the stretch and maybe we can even have a playoff which would be great especially with only a few only not very long to the Masters I'll just tell you that but I don't think anybody right now has the edge 
All right, let's get some some basketball news. The NBA season is looking like it could be played before Christmas. Both sides are expected to meet late Thursday night and discuss the terms. If the league could start before Christmas, they would save anywhere between $500 million to $1.2 billion. The schedule would include 72 games, four preseason games, six days off for the All-Star break, a play-in tournament between the 7th and 10th seeds, reducing 25% travel for every team in the league. The season would start before Christmas on July or on December 22nd and end on July 22nd for the NBA Finals. The league would not have to compete with the Olympics if they were to end on July 22nd. The draft is set for the 18th of November, and free agency will begin right after that. If the players agree to a pre-Christmas start, training camp would begin on December 1st for every team. Unfortunately for the league, fans will not be able to attend any games likely for the 2020-2021 season or this upcoming season. Players will also see a reduction of pay for the next two to three years, so if they won't, so they won't lose so much money in one year. The players' union will make a decision as early as Friday morning, maybe even Thursday night. My thoughts are, well, I'm shocked. I didn't think the players would want to start before Christmas, but I think the ultimate goal was they're not, or the ultimate motivation was, well, you're not going to get very, you're not going to get the money. You're not going to see a lot of money if you don't start till 22nd because they lose anywhere between 500 million to 1.2 billion. So I think that was kind of what the players thought. Um, it's kind of what happened with the bubble situation. Um, most players didn't want to go to the bubble, but they realized that they were going to lose more money if they decided to just shut down the season. So they played it, and it wasn't exactly the greatest. I think the bubble was a good idea, but I don't. I think a lot of players liked it, but they hated it at the same time because some guys were there for over 100 days. But I think ultimately the money wins out. And I think I'm glad that players said the 22nd because, again, we get more basketball, get more sports in, and get more stuff for me to talk about. Um, if it doesn't, if it does happen, will some stars players, uh, star players sit out? In my opinion, no, because I think the star players see the uh, see the seriousness of this. If they can't, or they're going to lose so much money. Now, Danny Green was on a podcast recently, and he said that if the season starts before Christmas. Um, he could be sitting out some games and practicing with the team, but he could be sitting out because he wants to rest his body. I don't think LeBron does that. I think he just knows that, you know, he's not going to see the money he gets paid. Now he gets, he's got so much endorsements, but I think he realizes that, Hey, I think it's just better for us to start on the 22nd because I'm going to get paid more. I'm not going to get paid if I don't play. So that was kind of what I think what happens. And I think I don't really see anybody else sitting out and, I'm just glad the NBA is back on the 22nd. Uh, what's next for the league? Well, I think Adam Silver is still thinking about starting the league on the 22nd. Um, but I think after that, if it does come to fruition, I think he's looking toward the draft. Um, that's going to be a virtual draft. I think it's the first time in the league they've ever done a virtual draft. Now, most leagues this season have done it, a virtual draft. that includes with the NFL, the MLB, uh, the NHL, the WNBA, all of them have done some type of virtual draft. So I think the NBA kind of sees the blueprint of this and says, you know, let's just have a draft. Because uh, I think that's what Adam Silver is thinking right now. I think he also got has to look towards free agency because that happens right after that. And, of course, training camp starts in December 1st. Um, but you also probably see a lot of players start testing positive. I think Adam Silver wanted to avoid that. And of course, all, you know, all commissioners wanted to avoid that. But. Um, if you see what's happening in the NFL, I think the NBA doesn't want that to happen, of course, but I think that's going to end up happening. You're going to see a lot more players testing positive. 
Um, and I think, of course, the league wants to avoid that, but they really have no choice because it's not a bubble situation. And again, you can't bubble up again. I think they were really wanting to bubble up, but that just wasn't going to work because players weren't going to fly with it for the second straight time. And again, I mean, a lot of those guys were already for 100 days, and that was just for the postseason and, you know, five, six, seven, eight games. But uh, I think right now what's next for the league is they're thinking about the draft if this does happen. All right, so the Mac is back, or should I say the Maction is back in action. The Mac will play only conference games like most other conferences in the NCAA. They will play six games with no built-in buys. The championship is scheduled again for the 19th of December at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. The Mac starts their season on Wednesday. Eastern Michigan plays Kent State, Western Michigan versus Akron, Buffalo versus Northern Illinois, Ohio versus Western Michigan, Ball State versus Miami, Ohio, and Bowling Green versus Toledo. Most games are played on ESPN or ESPN2. Uh, the MAC is hoping not to have any postponements of COVID because if there is, most likely that that game will be canceled because, again, they have no built-in buys. Also, every once in a while, you could see some MAC games on Friday and Saturday, but Tuesday and Wednesday will be the main slot for them. Uh, some highlights. Kent State defeated Eastern Michigan 27-23. Western Michigan beat Akron 58-13. Buffalo had no problems with Northern Illinois 49-30. Central Michigan edged out Ohio 30-27. Miami, Ohio squeaked by Ball State 38-31. And Toledo was all over Bowling Green 38-3. My thoughts are, well, the one game that really caught my attention was Central Michigan and Ohio. I saw the majority of that game. And Central Michigan looked pretty good, but Ohio had their chances, especially in the fourth quarter. The freshman kicker misses the field goal. I cannot remember his name, but a huge missed field goal that ended up losing the game for Ohio. I understand he's only a freshman, but that's definitely going to haunt him for a while. And you're a D1 kicker, son. You can't miss those kicks, but we'll see what happens for Central Michigan. I thought Northern Illinois was better, but Buffalo, I know, was really good. But to go out there and lose 49-30 to in your home turf, not a great look for the Huskies. And of course, Ken State looking pretty solid with a win over Eastern Michigan, 27-23. Uh, Western Michigan had no problems with Akron, 58-13. Ouch. I didn't see any of that game, but I'm glad I didn't because that didn't look close at all. Uh, Miami, Ohio, I thought they would beat Ball State by more, but they win by seven. And of course, Toledo, 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 Toledo. They looked solid. I saw a little bit of that game, and what I saw was That was all Toledo. 38-3 over Bowling Green. Not a good look for Bowling Green to start the season off. They've struggled the last few years, and to go out like that, not a great look. Uh, What game intrigued you the most? Well, as I said kind of before, uh, the Central Michigan-Ohio game really uh, interested me. Um, Central Michigan's pretty good. They have a good running game. The passing is kind of suspect, but I think if if you can get away with just running the football, go right ahead. You're going to dominate teams. I could see Central Michigan winning the MAC and maybe playing in a solid bowl game this year. I don't think they can play for the college football playoff, but again, miracles has happened. And of course, I thought the Buffalo and Northern Illinois game would intrigue me. Didn't intrigue me as much, but the Central Michigan Ohio was the answer for me. And of course, that comes to the next question. It's crazy, but is there a chance that a team is legitimate contenders for the college football playoff? And to say this simply, no. Uh, the MAC still has a few more years. The MAC is known for football, but not known for football like the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve. Um, 
every once in a while you see a team like Northern Illinois or Kent State or um, Buffalo, but usually the MAC isn't quite like that. I don't, especially this year, I don't think there's any ranked teams right now. I can't see any team going unless, again, something happens, but you're only playing your conference games. You're only playing six to seven games. I just can't see any team from the MAC even making a sniff at the college football playoff. And last but not least, Thursday night football highlights. The Green Bay Packers traveled to San Francisco to take on the 49ers on Thursday night football on Fox. The Packers are 5-2 and two coming into a tough loss to their rival, the Minnesota Vikings. The 49ers are 4-4 four and four having an even tougher week after hearing that both Jimmy G and George Kittle are out at least six to eight weeks. The week got even worse as half the team tested positive for COVID-19 and was forced to shut down their facilities for the rest of the day. San Francisco has had a tough year as half the roster is hurt. That includes star defensive end Nick Boza. Well, let's get to the game action. The opening drive for Green Bay was a quick series that ended in an Aaron Rodgers touchdown pass to guess who? Devontae Adams. The first possession for San Fran was a punt, but their next drive was a 22-yard chip shot field goal by Robbie Gold. Once the 49ers were able to get a huge stop, Nick Mullins would throw an interception that led to another Packers score. Green Bay would score again late in the quarter to make a 23 lead going into half. The Packers continued to bury the walking wounded as Rodgers would throw another touchdown to make it 28-3 Green Bay. Mullins would continue to struggle as he would fumble and Green Bay would take advantage with another score, this time with a 19-yard field goal by Mason Crosby. San Francisco would score two touchdowns in the garbage time late in the fourth quarter to make it more of a respectable 34-17 game. Rodgers was on fire, throwing 305 yards on 25 of 31 passes with four TD passes. Aaron Jones got the start for the Packers and had 15 attempts on 58 yards. Devontae Adams had 10 receptions for 173 yards and one touchdown. For the 49ers, Nick Mullins was 22 of 35 for 291 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and a fumble. Jarek McKinnon rushed for 52 yards and 12 carries, and Richie James led the way in receiving for 184 yards with nine receptions. Well, that's a wrap for this amazing episode. Thanks for listening to the Sports Down Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. If you haven't subscribed yet, just hit that button on the right. Don't forget to like, comment, and rate. Also, if you want to check out the other videos, just click the button on the left.